Have you ever really longed to go home? You miss your friends, your family, the comfort food of home, the physical landscape that spells home. You miss that profound sense of being at home, at rest, in sanctuary, secure, beyond reproach, far from the madding crowd, far from the busyness and anxieties of life. In his beautiful poem, Heaven Haven, Gerard Manley Hopkins puts it this way, I have desired to go where springs not fail, to fields where flies no sharp and sided hail, and a few lilies blow, and I have asked to be where no storms come, where the green swell is in the havens dumb and out of the swing of the sea. Frederick Buechner, in his powerful book, The Longing for Home, speaks of the primal nature of our longing for home. He reminds us of our cliches. Help me complete them. There's no place like, be it ever so humble, there's no place like, home is where the Remember Dorothy in The Wizard of Oz, clicking her heels and saying, there is no place like home. All our deepest cultural myths are about going home. And yet Thomas Wolfe, the famous North Carolina novelist, wrote a novel whose title is, You Can Never Go Home Again. You may miss it, long for it, seek it, but it cannot be your destination as a Christian person if we're talking about the home from which you have come. Oh, but how powerfully it tugs on our hearts. We had a wonderful seminary event in Asheville, North Carolina, at Billy Graham's Center, the Cove. In the fall, the leaves were orange and yellow and bright red. Finally, on Saturday of our meeting, the sky was blue. Darrell Whiteman and I took a trip up to Lindsville Falls and saw the falls and the deepest cut in the earth east of the Mississippi, the Linville River Gorge, stood at Wiseman's view, and looked at Hawksbill and all of the beautiful mountains. And I said, oh, Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. I'm home. And the Spirit said, no, you're not home, but this is like it. The Christian journey, you see, is not finally a journey back, but a journey forward. I had a friend in seminary, he was a Baptist, he was preaching for a call, and he prayed an honest prayer, Lord, I'll go anywhere you want me to go, but please send me to a church in Boston, because that's where my family is, and that's where my home is. It was an honest prayer. He kept going to churches, he was a great preacher, a wonderful guy, called and anointed of God, and he kept not getting called. One day he was riding on the subway under the streets of Boston, and he broke down and said, Lord, I'll go anywhere you want me to go, even if I'm not at home. Within a week, he was called to a church in Boston. You see, you have to give up on the home from which you have come and put no conditions on the home to which you are going if you are called of God. It has been said of a Jew 
that a Jew is a person who backs his way into the future, facing the past and saying, tradition, tradition, tradition. But a Christian stares wide-eyed and wild-eyed at the future and says, the future is as bright as the promises of God. Amen. The future is as bright as the promises of God, and we have heard them read on this day. A Christian is one who looks forward, who looks homeward, angel, and is reminding herself the future is as bright as the promises of God. Today, it's our task to examine John of Patmos's home, well, his dream home, anyway. The destiny and destination to which he has been pointed in his vision and to which he points us. John knows that God has put in every single human heart a homesickness that can only be cured when one enters the new Jerusalem. Stuck on a God-forsaken island in exile from home and hearth and friends and family, John dreams a big dream of an eternal home, a dream home that once was in heaven but shall become heaven on earth through corporate merger of heaven and earth when Christ returns. Now, it's not a surprise that when John describes this place, this home, this final destination, that he thinks of both a beautiful garden like Eden, unspoiled, and a grand city like Jerusalem, untainted by sin, sorrow, suffering, free from disease, decay, and death. Amen. He does not see our destination as an escape into a safe haven far from humanity, like a wildlife sanctuary or a monastery. Rather, it's a pilgrimage into the midst of a city full of people, which also contains a garden. John shared the vision with various other early Jews and Christians. I want to read you a passage from 4th Ezra, an apocalypse that was written at about the same time of John of Patmos to the Jewish community. It says, For many miseries will affect those who inhabit the world in the last times because they have walked in great pride. But it is for you that paradise is opened. The tree of life is planted. The age to come is prepared. Plenty is provided. A city is built. Rest is appointed. Goodness is established. And wisdom is perfected beforehand. Amen. I was watching the Golden Globes the other night, and the most awarded show or movie was Angels in America, a movie made for HBO about the AIDS epidemic in the 80s. And they showed a particular scene in which Al Pacino, wasting away in a hospital and at the point of death, encounters an angel. He says to the angel, what will it be like? What will it be like, this afterlife? The angel says, San Francisco. Pacino reflects for a moment and says, good. I was worried it might be a garden. A city and a garden is where we are going. For John, it is as if the monastery and the wildlife sanctuary have been incorporated into the city successfully. In other words, it is as if finally the harmony between nature and human nature, the peace between human beings and God, has finally been achieved 
in the presence of the radiant Christ, the bridegroom. But that's not all. For not only does the bridegroom come walking down the stair steps of heaven to meet the bride, but the heavenly city itself, the saints and all the angels are coming with him. Heaven comes down and glory will fill our souls. Our ultimate destiny is not, nor has it ever been to live in a disembodied condition in heaven forever and ever. Amen. That's putting the emphasis on the wrong syllable. Oh yes, the New Testament says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord, but that's just a way station on the way to eternal glory. Have you ever noticed in Revelation 6 how the saints are cranky? They're under the altar and they're saying, how long, O Lord? How long? This is not their eternal home. They're waiting for the new heaven and the new earth. Our ultimate destiny is to be fully conformed to the image of Christ by means of resurrection into a body like Christ's and thereby by made fit to dwell in the new Jerusalem, the holy city, in which there will be no more sin or suffering or sorrow or disease or decay or death or war or weapons or violence. Think of it. A hometown with no need for a hospital, no need of police, no need of walls save for ceremonial purposes, no need of firemen, insurance agents, no temple in the midst where the division between the sacred and the secular will be obliterated forever. All the land will be our Father's land, and all the city will be holy and light, and in it there will be no shadow of turning, no darkness at all, for in him there is no darkness at all. It will be the ultimate family reunion, the ultimate marriage celebration, the ultimate triumph of all that is good and true and beautiful and loving over all that is wicked and false and ugly and hateful. We will not study war anymore. We will not need a homeland security division. We will not need politicians to tell us what is best. We will not need to be pointed towards God, for we will be dwelling right in his midst, Emmanuel. Faith will become sight. Hope will be realized. And perfect love will cast out all fear. Don't you want to go home? Don't you want to be there? Don't sell your ticket to the final destination for tickets to the final four, or even the lesser good of dying and going to be with Jesus. Eugene Peterson puts it this way. Many people want to go to heaven like they want to go to Florida. They think the weather will be an improvement and the people decent. But the biblical final destination is not merely heaven, it's new heaven and new earth. It's not a nice environment far removed from the stress of the hard city life. It's the invasion of the earthly city by the heavenly one. Did you hear that? We enter this final destination not by escaping what we do not like, but by the sanctification of the place in which God has placed us. Here, this is not a beam me up, Scotty theology. This is, I'm coming to get you. 
we will transform you. We enter this final destination by finally being fully conformed to the image of Christ by means of resurrection. We will be changed and made like him. Then, then indeed, we as Wesleyans may finally talk, not out of the sides of our mouth, or off the backs of our hands in the full sense of Christian perfection, for nothing less than the full conformity to the image of Christ in body as well as spirit, in mind as well as heart, in emotions as well as will, is really the finish line, Christian perfection. Don't you want to be there? Don't you want to go home? This home is not achieved, it's received. It's not accomplished, it's entered by grace through faith. It's a city in which God himself condescends and there's a corporate merger between heaven and earth. And God in person will personally wipe away every tear from every eye. The future is so bright we're all going to need shades. There will be no more night. The future is so bright that in this city, we will not only have all we need, we will have all we want, and we will only want what we have. Ann and I have had the privilege over the last five years, just about, of being the surrogate parents of Yulia Sutsarova, who's just graduated from Asbury College. She's an artist. She did a lot of wonderful paintings this fall for her senior art project. One of them is right here. The title of this painting is The Glory of Nothing Frustrated. The Glory of Nothing Frustrated. Being right in the presence of the glory of God and no longer suffering frustration no longer suffering or sorrow or disease, decay, death, no more obstacles in the way to being in the unmediated presence of God. The future is so bright that there will even be the healing of memories for the leaves on the trees in the new Jerusalem are medicine for the healing of the mind. Yes, even in the New Jerusalem, we will still need healing, for we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And the longer you live, the more you realize how much you need to be forgiven for, how much you need to be healed of. Don't you want to go home and be forgiven like the prodigal son? Don't you want to be there? In the 70s, my grandfather, who was 94 years of age, good, hearty Southern Baptist, deacon in the Baptist Church in Wilmington, North Carolina, went to be with the Lord. I couldn't get there in time for the wake. I was not there for the visiting hours. So when I got to the church, it was closed casted, and it was incumbent on me as the budding seminary students, like many of you, to preach the funeral eulogy. It was tough. I loved my grandfather. 
he was certainly one of the great spiritual forces in my life. One day I asked him, Granddaddy, why are you such a straight arrow? He said, heaven is too sweet and hell is too hot to mess around in this world. I said, yes, sir. So we had the funeral. I read his favorite scripture. Neither height, nor depth, nor powers, nor principality, nor things present, nor things to come, nor anything in all of creation can separate us ultimately from the love of God in Jesus Christ. I preached the sermon. We went to the graveyard. I hadn't been able to say goodbye. We got to the grave. We did the committal service. It was closed casket for all of this. I wanted to see him one more time. I asked the funeral director, would you just lift up the lid of the casket. I went over and kissed him on the forehead. Kissed him goodbye. I said, goodbye, granddaddy. And then I said, no, I'll see you later. I'll see you later, says John. Don't you want to go home? Don't you want to be there? Exaltation, adoration, celebration, jubilation, coronation, destination, all wrapped up in one. Don't you want to go home? 